Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. I also want to say congratulations to uh, each of you high school graduates and and, uh, your parents today. Wow, it was uh, good to see each of you here, and and, um, you've uh, grown up a bit, and... um, better looking and so on than you were four years ago when you got confirmed here. Uh, and now you've made it through uh, 12 or 13 years of school so far and, and a lot of challenges along the way. Uh, this last year, as is mentioned, has perhaps been a tough one with challenge of online classes for much of the time and with uh, some significant limits to your extracurricular activities. And, and hopefully uh, you're still going to thrive in this life in spite of uh, missing some of those calculus problems that you never did get figured out or missing some of those athletic competitions that you were so anticipating this year that didn't happen. We, we as a congregation want to wish you all the best today as you look ahead to life on your own. And, and uh, we want to encourage you to look to the Lord as you go into the future. I noticed something disturbing as I was reading through some of the psalms in in the last couple weeks here in my devotions. uh, There was a a lone phrase that stuck out to me in each of three different psalms, and it was slightly different wording in each of them, but but the point was very much the same. In each, there was a phrase that was pointing out the stubbornness of the human heart, uh, the, the tendency to resist God and to try to run one's own life and handle things that come along on one's own. Psalm 52, there was a verse that said, Behold the man who would not make God his refuge. Psalm 53 had a verse where it said, They who have not called upon God. And then Psalm 54, They have not set God before them. And those phrases got me asking myself some questions, and I want to ask you those same questions today. Do you look to the Lord in your life? Do you make God your refuge? Do you call upon him? Have you set God before you as you look to the future? You know, as we go through the Psalms, they so much encourage us to do that. And I'd like to invite you to look with me at one Psalm today then. It's number 37 in the first 11 verses of that Psalm. And I invite you to look at it on the screen or in the Bible there with you. And would you stand in reverence to God's word as we read? And as I'm reading through this here, and I share some on it here then, I want to point out five things to learn that will help you tremendously in your journey through life if you're willing to look to the Lord. Psalm 37, begins verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light, and your judgment as a noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. 
Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil doing. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land, and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Let us pray. Lord God, as we meditate on this psalm today, we, we pray that you would open our eyes to the reminders there of how important it is that our focus in life involves you, who are our creator and, and the one who has plans for each of our lives. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> so five pointers for your journey through life. You know, each of these five things, you might say, are action points reminding us to do something, and that's law, when, when we're told what to do. But, but they're based so much on who God is and, and what he gives us, and, and that's gospel. But before we can talk about those five action points, I think we need to deal, each of us, then personally with that that I mentioned already, that tendency of our own human heart to resist God and to try to run our own life and handle the things that come along on our own. We need to admit that tendency to ourselves, and we need to admit it to God. Recognize that that is a sinful rebellion against the one who made us and who has a plan for our life. And, and when we're willing then to face that reality and then to look to God's Son, Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness and we experience a change of heart as well. And we're still going to struggle with temptation and our old nature is still going to be tending to resist God. But then we're also given this new nature that desires to look to the Lord and to live in daily fellowship with Him. And so then five things to learn that will help us tremendously in our journey through life. First of all, trust in the Lord, because he is sovereign. And that means then that, that he knows all things and that his ways are best. As you look at verse 1 and 2 and 7, all of them have this phrase here that tell us, do not fret. Now what does it mean to fret? That's not a word we probably use a whole lot. Um, it, it means to worry unnecessarily or excessively, uh, to have something just kind of burning in our heart, uh, fuming about something or vexed about something. And David the psalmist says, do not fret because of evildoers. Don't be jealous of those that may appear to prosper by living their life without any moral restraints and, and not looking to God in their life. And you might have observed some of them, even in high school, those that were maybe the most popular ones in the class even, who, who got all the attention and didn't care who they knocked down in order to get to the top, or stay, be on the top. Uh, David reminds us here of the outcome for them. He says, they will, wither like, they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. And, and you, you think about it here, now we're getting green grass again, and it's good to see, but we know that it's only for a season, and, and then it fades. And, and so it is also with the herbs in the garden. Just a matter of months, and they're gone. And so it will be then with those who have temporary success in this world um, that popularity may fade soon, even after high school graduation. And those that 
make it in the business world through crooked means, uh, will find the same thing. Their success will be very temporary. And so don't be jealous of them or try to be like them. No, instead, he says here, trust in the Lord and live by his standards of right and wrong. Verse 3, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. That's kind of a farming picture they're cultivating. Cultivating faithfulness to God and his standards, then you're weeding out the opposite. The Lord calls us then to trust in him, even when things come along in life that are very disappointing. Remember what he tells us in Romans 8.28, where he says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Our human tendency in the face of difficulties is is to doubt that the Lord cares or, or doubt that he's in control. But the psalmist reminds us here, trust in the Lord because he is sovereign. He knows all things and his ways are best. Secondly, delight yourself in the Lord. He satisfies the deepest longings of our hearts. Our human tendency is, is to think that we know what will really satisfy us and will really bring us happiness in life. And, um, but some of those things that we think will really satisfy us end up being so temporary, so fleeting. However, living in a relationship with the Lord satisfies the deepest longings of our soul. Verse 4 here, he says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you desires of your heart. And, and I think sometimes we misunderstand this verse. Uh, maybe we hear that part uh, where it says, that, and he will give you desires of your heart, and, and we think, so, so then if I do something for God, then, then he will give me what I'm really longing for, you know, like that $40,000 pickup truck I want, or, or that cabin in the mountains that I've been dreaming of having sometime in my life. Sounds good. If I just do something for God, then he will give me what I really want, Right? That's not what the verse is saying. The psalmist says, delight yourself in the Lord. Now, what does it mean to delight in something? Well, what comes to my mind here, I, this time of year, I delight in gardening. For, for me, this time of year, then that's a daily focus. Uh, every, every morning, I, I walk out to the backyard, and I check to see if my peas are poking through, and they are now. You know, and... and See how much my asparagus grew just overnight. It's amazing. Um, some of you maybe delight yourself in, in a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That means you, you think about him or her and you check on him, him or her every day, probably several times a day, right? The things that people delight in or the people we delight in are a daily focus in our life. The psalmist says here, delight yourself in the Lord. Make him your daily focus. Look to his word each day, even if you're just looking at it a little bit, a verse or two, um, and let then God's word help you discover more and more about the Lord and help you delight in him. And as you look around at this awesome creation we have, we see God's hand in nature. Take time to notice that and recognize and give him credit for that. Gather regularly with other believers as well and worship him together. Talk of his awesomeness to others, and the result will be that you will find that relationship with the Lord truly satisfies your deepest desires. Then he says here, commit your way to the Lord, because he knows the best path. 
Now, when you're driving your car and you're going to a destination that you've never been to before, uh, you have to trust something to show you the best way to go there. And you can't trust yourself and your memory because you've never been there before. And so you need something else. You need a map or a GPS or some directions given for you from somebody else on the best road to take. Well, you and I have, have never been on this road that we call life before. And so we will regularly then find ourselves in situations where we don't know which way to go. Entrust the map to the Lord. Listen to his voice telling you where to go. Our, our human tendency is to make our own plans and then ask him to bless us rather than asking his plan and his path in life first. And that tendency is true whether you're a high school senior or a senior citizen or somebody in between. The psalmist encourages us here, commit your way to the Lord. Trust that he knows the best path. And so as we make plans for the future that are unknown, and our future is unknown to us, but it is known to him, then it only makes sense that we would ask him his plan, his path in life first. And, and that tendency is then we need to be aware of and, and, and continually uh, go to him and ask him for help. You might say, well, you know, I, I do pray. Um, I do ask him for help to know the way and what I should do and so on. I, I just don't really hear him reply anything. How am I to let him guide me then? Well, there are five things that come, up, come to my mind. Uh, four of them, I, I guess I track back to a, a little booklet I like to give out sometimes when people are trying to sort out God's will in their life um, by Paul Little um, called Affirming the Will of God. And uh, those five things are mentioned in your outline, your bulletin there. But first of all, this sin. Uh, look for principles taught in God's word for guidance on what you should do in your life. And, you know, as you read God's word, you're not likely to find the name of the person you're to marry in there. But you will find some guidelines on what kind of a person you should be looking for. And second, then, con consider your circumstances and common sense. For instance, if you're only four feet tall, then you probably shouldn't expect to be a, a center on the basketball team. That's common sense. Um, three, seek to understand the, the, the personality and the abilities that God has given you. And, and then four, seek the advice of other Christians that you respect. You're going to find that there are times people have insights that you didn't have. And then continue to pray about it and look for ways that the Holy Spirit reveals and, and confirms your decision as you're in that decision-making process. And, and believe that as you do those things, he will guide you. He will make the way clear. And so, trust in the Lord. He's sovereign. Delight yourself in the Lord. He satisfies the deepest longings of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord because he knows the best path. And then, fourthly, rest in the Lord. He gives inner peace. And we struggle at times in, with a lack of rest or lack of inner peace in our lives. And the Lord is able to give us peace regarding the past and the present and the future. Regarding the past, he gives us peace as we recognize that when we come to Jesus and ask him to forgive our sin, he wipes it away. And we don't have to carry that load of guilt. When we think of the present, we can rest in the Lord um, and his strength for the situations of the day. And we think of the future, we can rest in him because he has plans for our future. 
Steve Farrar wrote a book called Getting There, and he tells about when his kids were small, and they'd get tired, and he'd put them down for an afternoon nap, and one of his boys was exceptionally cranky one Sunday late afternoon. Uh, they'd, they'd had a long service at church, and, and then uh, invitation out for lunch, and it gotten rather long, and, and this kid was at the end of his rope. And Steve came home, and he put him down in his crib, and then he softly shut the door, and he just stood outside the door to listen and see if, if that kid was going to stay laying down or not. And he heard this little tight grunting and puffing as he pulled himself up on the rails in his crib. So he stepped back in the room, and, and he heard this little guy say this, No nap, Dada. No nap, Dada. Well, Dad knew what he needed, and he put him back down. This time he held his hand on his back, kind of firmly. Little kid didn't like it. He tried to get up and couldn't, and after a few attempts, he just settled down and drifted off to sleep. That's what he really needed. You know, sometimes we beat ourselves up with guilt about our past sins, or, or we wear ourselves out, not, not physically, but also mentally, um, scurrying about, trying to get everything done before the end of the school year or some other pressure situation in our life. Sometimes some of those things are our own fault because we procrastinated. Not that any of you high school seniors did that this year, of course, but I've heard some have done that before. Uh, sometimes we wear ourselves out worrying about what we're going to do as we look to the future and the rest of our life. And what we really need is a rest. And the psalmist invites us here to do just that, rest in the Lord. Our human tendency is to be full of anxiety over all these things that are out of our control. And what we need to be doing is, is, is just admitting, this is not in my control, and, and give it back to God, the one who has all things in his hands. Rest in the Lord. Trust in him, delight in him, commit your way to him, and rest in him. And then one more, wait for the Lord because his timing is perfect. Our human tendency is to want things and want them now, and to hate to wait. And yet God tells us over and over to wait. Uh, how many times in the Psalms do you think it talks of waiting for the Lord? One person breezing through that found at least 22 times where that is the statement, wait for the Lord. Steve Ferrar in his book talks about that, and he says, and I quote, Waiting is tough. It goes against our nature. But waiting is a big part of life on the trail that winds through the years. The problem with waiting is that when we wait, we think that nothing is happening. And the truth is that if we are waiting on God, then all kinds of things are happening. We just can't see what he's doing because we don't see any activity. And so we think God's not doing anything to get us out of the depths, but nothing can be further from the truth. End quote. <clears throat> so how are we to wait? Verse 7 says, patiently, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. This uh, last week here uh, on Wednesday, I spent a bit of time up at the hospital with uh, Henry and Mabel as they waited, waited for the ambulance to come to take him from uh, where he was at rehab to the regular hospital uh, and to ER there. Um, <clears throat> and then we waited again when we got to ER and sat in a room there in the back um, it is a process that ended up taking hours in all, just waiting. And I have to tell you, after all the health things that Henry has gone through in his lifetime, boy, Mabel has learned some patient waiting in more ways than one. But when things are out of our hands to fix, that's all we can do. Wait. And sometimes that means waiting for other people. Often it means waiting 
for the Lord. Our, our tendency in many situations is to try to fix that situation all by ourselves, and sometimes we end up messing it up worse in the process. But it's so hard to wait. Maybe there's a situation in your life where, where you are waiting for something. Will you make that waiting time a, a time to learn to trust the Lord and to delight in Him and commit your future plans to Him and rest in Him while you wait? So one other thing I notice here especially that stuck out to me in verse 8, where it says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil doing. <clears throat> well, I don't know about you, but I have found myself angry a lot in this last year. Angry about all the changes we've had uh, to endure during this year of the pandemic. Angry sometimes at some of the bozos in Washington, D.C. and St. Paul. And sometimes angry at God and what he allows in my life. And David says here, cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Do not fret. Why? Because it only leads to evil doing. You, you see, when we're angry, we tend to lash out at something or someone. We tend to respond in a sinful way. And if we're really honest about it, sometimes when we are angry at God for something that he allows in our life, we, we may even rebel against him and, and do things we know we shouldn't do. We push the envelope and, and subconsciously think, well, if God's going to allow that to happen, then I, I'm not going to listen to him. And we push him away. A lot of good that does. It, it only makes matters worse. <clears throat> well, as we look around at some of the things that are going on in our world around us today, as we watch those that are bent on evil getting a stronger hold sometimes in our land, and, and we feel anger welling up inside of us, what are we to do? Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret. It leads only to evildoing, for evildoers will be cut off. And that's the encouraging word for us. Their time will come. And we wonder, well, when? Well, verse 10 tells us here, yet a little while, in God's timing, God will deal with the wicked and with wickedness, and he will do it decisively for all eternity. He says, yet a little while, verse 10 here, and the wicked man will be no more, and you will look carefully for his place, and you will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Who are the humble? It's those that admit that they don't know everything and look daily to the one who does. Kidner says, it's those who choose the way of patient faith rather than self-assertion. And so five things then we learn that will help us tremendously in our journey in life. Trust in the Lord because he is sovereign. Delight yourself in the Lord. He satisfies your deepest desires. Commit your way to the Lord. He knows the best path. Rest in the Lord because he gives us an inner peace. And wait for the Lord because his timing is perfect. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you today for your word that gives us perspective when we, at times, uh, lose our perspective in life. And Lord, we have to admit that at times we trust ourselves more than we trust you. We, we think we know what will really satisfy us, and we set our hopes on things that are so fleeting. 
We make our own plans rather than asking your plans for us. And we lack an inner peace because we aren't willing to give our situation to you. And we refuse to wait. We rush things rather than wait for you to provide and direct us. Oh Lord, forgive us for that. And help us to remember that, that you are sovereign, that you satisfy our deepest desires, that you know the best path, and you give us a peace that surpasses all comprehension when we trust in you and rest in Jesus Christ and, and knowing him as our Savior and Lord. And Lord, your timing is perfect. Help us to wait on you. Lord, I thank you for each of the high school seniors here today. And I, and I pray your blessing on them in their life. And I pray that each one of them would look to you in their life. They would they'd recognize you each day. And, and Lord, that they would recognize that you have great plans for their life. And you will make that way clear in your time. And, and so, Lord, bless them and guide them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.